Hi all, welcome back to the Ripple podcast, your fortnightly guide to the 2021 Ripple anthology. I'm Maya, a postgraduate publishing student and part of the Ripple marketing team, here with Raven. Hi everyone. A fellow MA publishing student at Kingston and assistant managing editor of the 2021 anthology. In the run-up to the submission deadline on the 6th of December, we will be interviewing other members of the Ripple team and fellow Kingston students alongside self-published authors and professionals from the book trade, getting writing tips, book recommendations, and insider info on the publishing process at Ripple. This week, we are joined by the 2021 Ripple managing editor, Kathy, and Laura from the judging team to talk a little more about this year's anthology and what we're looking for in submissions. Then we'll have a brief discussion about what we have all been reading this week and our guests will give us some lovely recommendations. Okay, so first up, do you guys mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your roles at Ripple? Hi, I'm Laura B. And I am working as part of the editorial, marketing and judging teams on the Ripple Anthology. You're really doing it all for this anthology this year. Yes, I am. And uh, what are you studying as well? Oh, and I am studying a publishing master's. And Kathy, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? We'll get into a little bit more with the next question. I'm Kathy. I'm the managing editor of Ripple this year. To be honest, I found it really hard to define, but I guess it just means I kind of organize everything for everyone or just stay on top of schedules and make sure everyone knows what they're doing and when and try and come up with ideas for things uh, that I know basically nothing about, but I'm learning a lot on the roll about uh, leading a little bit into our second question here might as well move along what did you expect the managing editor would entail before you started it from the description that emma gave us i kind of thought it would be well I, to be honest i wasn't a hundred percent sure what i thought it would be but I did think it would be like a lot about organizing people and trying to like figure out what the Ripple anthology would look like that year and writing briefs for people and getting all the submissions sorted and like organized for other people and just getting people to do what they were meant to do within each role or each team, I suppose. But I was quite, yeah, I didn't know 100% of what it was going to be like. <laughs> Has anything majorly surprised you in the process so far? We're only like a couple weeks into doing anthology stuff. To be honest, it surprised me getting the role. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I suppose the amount that we have to organize and the amount that I didn't know about creative writing that I've learned in the last couple of weeks. So trying to come up with um, a judging criteria, which I'm sure we'll go into it later, I had to research it because I've never written anything creative writing wise. So I didn't know what they looked for in it. And I didn't know whether we would go for like certain things or certain things. So that's been really good. And marketing wise, especially design and like the poster, that has been fun. And I've learned a lot about that. And it really surprised me how difficult it was to come up with something and how quickly we had to do it but how great everyone was at like working together really quickly. Yeah, I think you did really well at sort of getting us all in the zone and starting <laughs> off with the poster and it was such a quick turnaround. But Yeah, that was a really well. quick turnaround. I did not that think was amazing, yeah. 
thank you, Laura. Laura did an amazing job making that mm-hmm. poster. I was literally so I'm stuck. I'm going to be honest. Like, I was avoiding doing uni work. So I was like, I'm going to start making a poster since no one else is doing it. And then the next day it just happened. Yeah, it was really, really nice. It was really quick. It was like 24 hours we had it done. It was stressful, but it was fun. <laughs> okay, so now a question for Laura. Uh, I know you're involved in a bit of everything, finger in every pie, so to speak. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about the judging process and what you will be looking for in the submitted work? So the criteria that we came up with was originality, creativity, clarity slash coherence, if I can say that word, structure slash form and language use, and then also the wow factor, which, you know, everyone needs. Okay, so originality is like coming up with an idea for something and it sounds interesting, like it hasn't maybe been done before, maybe not done in that way. And then creativity, I think, would be kind of similar, like how you have an idea and how you write it. Clarity and coherence, I'm imagining, would be things like spelling and grammar, which kind of goes into language, really, but how you use the language to, like, write what you're writing. So, like, how you would write poetry or flash fiction. And then structure slash form, like how you use, say, again, poetry, like how you set it out or lay it out and structure in terms of like stories how you do like beginning the middle the end and then the wow factor is just something that makes us go wow that was really good wow (laughs) (laughs) like that wow Wow. exactly Yeah, I imagine the wow factor is more of a uh, an additional criteria yeah. on top of the others. Not like the defining thing, but it would yeah. be good. It might help yeah. if we've got like three people judging one thing and thing else is like they're like structured really well. The form and the use of language is really interesting. But one person's like, I read this and couldn't forget about it. And one person's like, I read it, but it didn't give me that wow factor. And we're like, okay. Yeah, I think Cassie also mentioned that we do like a scaling system of like one to five. So like if, you know, someone found it a three and someone found it a five, then we'd pick like the average, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that would like help narrow down how many pieces there are and everything. That's good. I think it's great that there isn't just one person judging and you're going to take a sort of myriad of opinions and make sure it's nice and fair. Yeah, quite hard to have one person judging like one piece because you could be I, like you could hate poetry, but yeah. the mm-hmm. poetry could be really good. The poem could be like amazing, but it's just not your style that you prefer. Yeah, creative writing is very, like, subjective, so, you know, having multiple opinions is good. I know of what we've discussed of the judging process so far, we are looking to have uh, at least two people look over every piece, I believe it is, so... Yeah, hopefully that three. Will help. Hopefully yeah, that would three. be ideal. But really, like, ideally three, but, like, if it comes down to it and we have too many submissions, which would be a really nice place to be in, uh, then it might just have to be two, because I don't want people to be working too hard when it's our break yeah I was trying to do the math really late one night when Kathy was messaging me and Jack um, because we're doing we're the I guess me and Jack are the assistant manager editors um was messaging us and I literally had my phone open to the app trying to figure out what the math broke down to to how many judges we would need to make sure no one was too overloaded but I was it was like 11 30 at night I think Kathy was messaging us or something I, I think I work bed. best 
I think I literally remember things as I'm going to bed and I'm like, must message. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, what about this? Like a lot of midnight messages to me in Jack of the Editor stuff. I just like, remember things. I'm like, oh, I forgot to say this earlier, but. No, I'm the same way. I think I send Maya messages like first thing when I wake up, sometimes being like, I thought about this for the podcast. It's seven. It's nice to know that you think of me first thing in the morning. <laughs> first thing when I wake up. <laughs> I must tell Maya. <laughs> I'll be like making my tea or something, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh my god, I thought I had something for the podcast, and it's not just me who needs to think of things. <laughs> Other people are affected by my decisions. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so we decided not to go for a specific theme this year. This is for Kathy. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about why that decision was made and how this might impact those submitting? Um, well, we decided not to go with like a specific theme because we decided as a team in our first meeting that it could be too limiting to go with like one thing you have to write about. And we wanted to open it up for as many people as possible in, and writing about as many things as possible to make it a really interesting and engaging. I use that word too many times in everything I do for <laughs> publishing anthology, but also and I didn't know this, but I got told this by people who do creative writing, is they like to submit things to multiple different, I suppose, anthologies or publications. So limiting it to things that people would write already means that people can't just give you what they've already got, which would add to their workload. And seeing as we want students of all disciplines to submit work, it could be really hard for like a medical student, say, to one evening write a short story on a specific theme when they already have something that they could just submit so it opens it up a lot more but we do have some exciting stuff coming soon kind of about a theme ish but I won't go into detail about that because our marketing team will announce that soon yes our marketing team is amazing I am lurking in that group chat you guys are (laughs) stars I love it um we do yeah (laughs) <laughs> I do say from my experience, creative writing, there was a time when I submitted a lot of stuff to different uh, contests and things. I would have about five prepared pieces of different lengths fitting yeah. kind of a variety of criteria. So I would look at their criteria and be like, that is piece three, drop it in. Yeah. I don't know if, Laura, if you've had similar experiences submitting things where you have like a folder of like five or like less pieces I haven't really submitted much but yeah I do definitely have folders just called like short stories where I just stick Mm -hmm. things in that I'm like well this isn't going to be a big thing so it'll just be in a little folder. It was also similar when I was uh, applying to graduate school programs I had a folder on my computer called uh, writing samples that was all just like professional writing samples from my academic career. I don't think I needed a writing sample for Kingston. I'll edit this out if I'm wrong. Um, I think only if you were doing publishing and creative writing. It was was just the personal essay. So it was essays about like I have in that folder, I still have the folder because obviously I still have those things because I was proud of them enough to put them in that. But it's like an essay on Oscar Wilde and then another one about the acoustics of how you comprehend language. (laughs) Like they're so different. Oh wow. Okay, so next question is for Laura. 
so you're uh, taking the writers workshop as part of our masters and you're also taking part in National Novel Writing Month also known as wait for it NaNoWriMo well I say it's NaNoWriMo but it depends where in the world you are I think how you pronounce it but yeah well Sorry. from my black hole of time I say <laughs> NaNoWriMo <laughs> The laws of pronunciation and time don't apply. Year 2020, what does? (laughs) So uh, through this, what have you learned um, by editing your own work that will help with the judging process? And do you have any top tips for aspiring creative writers like yourself? Um, So actually, in terms of editing my work, I think more my undergraduate um, creative writing course helped with that because I didn't used to edit my work because I'd always just start over again. So that was very useful. And I kind of I know more now since doing the writer workshop and doing the creative writing undergrad um, in terms of like writing and like what good things, what bad things, what I need to work on, what I'm good at, because I'm actually good at something yay um and in terms of NaNoWriMo the like most important thing that I've learned is just write like it doesn't matter if it's rubbish because it's only a draft so just write it and then you can edit it later as I think Neil Gaiman said you can't edit a blank page so I'll run with that in terms of top tips I mean the biggest thing that I always say is that there's always these like writing rules or tips advice or whatever but it's like personal preference and I think there are like writing rules which you need to learn but then once you've learned them then you can learn how to bend them break them so I wouldn't say there are any writing rules or tips or anything that I can really give that wouldn't be just personal preference to me um other than like the basic ones like learn how to paragraph and show don't tell type things like and these are things you can find via any kind of like writer or online so you know, just write what you want to. And if it's a mess to begin with, it's okay. You can edit it. It can get better. Uh, oh, and also always get someone to read over your work because you will miss mistakes. And because they don't have the context of your work, they can like pick up things that you wouldn't have thought of. Like they might ask you questions and then that can help you clarify things. So get someone to read your work. It's very important. For academic essays as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cover letters, the whole thing. Or yeah. even if you don't have anyone else to read it for you, because, you know, we're living in lonely times, printing it out and reading sort of yeah, as actually, a physical. Another tip that I got told was if you're writing in a particular font, change the font. And for some reason, that changes it. Some people write in Comic Sans, but I think editing in Comic Sans helps just as much. Because if it's a font that you're used to, then you just brush over things. If it's like a brand new font, then you'll like pick up on things. Yeah, it triggers something in your brain that like, oh, that word looks different. Yeah, Yeah. I've definitely noticed when I've been like blogging, for instance, I'll write it on Microsoft Word and I'll put it in WordPress and be like, oh, there's a spelling error. Oh, no, there's like five of them. I better change this because you just don't pick up on it. My lecturers used to always tell us to read um, our work aloud to work out whether it made sense. Because if Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense when you're reading it aloud, then it won't make sense when they're reading it in their heads. Also, it's good to read out loud. In terms of poetry, it's very good to read out loud. But also, it's good to then know where you should put full stops and where you just put in commas. Because sometimes sentences can drag on. <laughs> yeah, it helps. If you're getting out of breath by the end of the sentence, you know you've gone too far. 
Oh my god, I'm yeah. so guilty of a long sentence. Yeah, okay. I'm a bit of a fan of them, to be honest. I have a bit I of like, a love of long sentences. It's I like great days. I'm, I'm one of those people that puts commas in everywhere, and I'm like, nope, that should be a full stop. <laughs> Give me the clauses. Yeah, learning that in our grammar workshop. Well, not learning it for the first time, but like reading it again, I'd be like, oh, I know that's comma spice, but I just want to put the comma there. I don't want it to be a full stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this is wrong, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, the one thing that brought up was that my grammar is not great and I need to get better at it. I just overthought. I mean, I overthink everything, but I sat there for such a long time trying to work out if it was, I think it was the question where it was like amount of supporters or number of supporters or something or like mm-hmm. fewer goals or less goals and I just could not figure it out yes. it was so obvious in the if end I was like oh how did we get one. that wrong if you're in less ones oh, that's that tripped me up welcome back to the ripple podcast we're going to finish up with a mini book club segment an idea we may or may not have borrowed from our friends over at the Ripple blog, where Raven and I will discuss what we've been reading this week and ask our interviewees to give us uh, some recommendations. So Raven, what are you reading at the moment? So at the moment, I just finished up reading uh, a book called Don't Call Us Dead by Denez Smith. He is a gay black author from Minnesota in the USA and his poetry is a poetry book and it deals a lot with themes of police brutality, racism, homophobia, as well as the struggles of being HIV positive. Uh, What about you, Maya? I'm about halfway through Voltaire in Love by Nancy Mitford. So I've read uh, a few of Mitford's fiction and I just through random booktube recommendations, I decided to pick up. Uh, some of her non-fiction and I did a history bachelor's degree so I kind of hate reading really dense like esoteric historical texts that just go on forever and you don't understand every other word and this is the complete opposite of that it's like reading a gossip magazine for the 18th century it's so enjoyable so yeah I definitely recommend she's also done one on Madame de Pompadour as well which I'm gonna read next and a few other kind of controversial figures in history. So, yeah. We love a little historical controversy. (laughs) We do. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Kathy, what about you? What have you been reading Um, at the moment? I'm going on a bit of a Maggie O'Farrell bend. I spoke bender at the moment. Uh, So I just finished Hamnet, which was incredible. I'm telling literally anyone who will listen to read that book. Um, But I've just started another one of her books called The Hand That First Held Mine. Um, I am about, I'd say, maybe 20 pages in. So I'm not 100% sure at the moment what it's about. Um, But the copy was really pretty. So I got this. Oh, I love that. But I got told, um, so it's like Maggie O'Farrell was a recommendation. And um, I got told that this book was like beyond heartbreaking. And at the moment it's already quite sad, but it's kind of following two different stories of four different people in totally different time zones, but about the women in it not changing their lives to like fit the stereotype of women in either time they were in and everything. And it's just, it's amazing. If you haven't read any of her work, please 
please read it. She's incredible. That sounds interesting. And Laura, what are you reading right now? I'm trying to read (laughs) Pretending by Holly Bourne. I like Holly Bourne stuff. So, and this one just, I think this one came out this year and I was just very intrigued. And literally the first five pages is just brilliant. I love it already. So, Laura, is that the one you put on your Instagram that was like, I hate men? That was Twitter, yes. So literally, she spends the first four pages being like, I hate men. Oh, doesn't matter. He texts me back. I love men again. And I was like, this is just brilliant. Yeah, I read that four page, page. Four page rant about men. I was like, yes. I agree with all of this. (laughs) That's great. Thanks to Laura and Kathy for joining us today and giving the lovely listeners some more insight into Ripple and what the judging team are looking for from your submissions. If you would like your work to be considered for the 2021 Ripple Anthology, please send your submissions to ripplesubmissions at gmail.com. That's R-I-P-P-L-E-S-U-B-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S at gmail.com with submission in all caps in the subject line. Please include your full name and K number in the subject line, as well as a couple sentences about you. Make sure not to put your name or K number in the actual submitted document so that we can judge anonymously. Our judging team are an unbiased bunch, but we want to ensure that everything is fair. For the full list of guidelines, please visit kingstonripple.wordpress.com submit or check out episode zero of our podcast where May and I talk through all the specific criteria for submitting. Thanks again to Laura and Kathy, and thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing your work in Ripple 2021. Goodbye. Bye.